This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down districts five and six, week in, week out. In the state of Idaho, Brandon Bainey joined by Sean Kane, at Sean Kane 182 on Twitter. What's up, Sean? How you doing? I'm, you know, I'm good, man. It's it's a Wednesday. I don't I don't have any great insights just yet, but I'll hold till the end. <laughs> yeah, usually you come a little stronger. I'm a little underwhelmed by your. Uh, well, you know, we had a double header last night, and I'm just a little tired. Well, it's a little Wednesday tiredness for me, I'll, I'll say. But you know, I've I've brought a lot of I've saved a lot of energy for this right now, this moment. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, yes, uh, you mentioned it, Sean. We had a doubleheader last night on East Idaho game night, idahosports.com, as Grace Lutheran hosted Showban in a girls-boys doubleheader. And I'll tell you, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the girls game first because that was the first game of the double dip. Both games were really fun to watch. I mean, they were close, competitive games throughout, good competition on both sides. Um Grace Lutheran ends up with the sweep, um, but both games were very tight. Let's start with the girls game first. It was the regular season finale for the Royals and they beat Shoban 34 to 31. What were your takeaways from that game, Sean? Um, you know, Shoban was kind of in control of the game. Most of the game, they, they ran a press that caused Grace Lutheran girls a lot of problems, but you know, Grace Lutheran just persevered and found ways to score and, you know, most of those points came from Kristen Curse, and she had 17 points and um, a, a lot of crucial three throws down the end of the game to kind of p- pull away with a win. And um, Shoban just was kind of had a cold shooting night. It was really kind of their their problem. They got a lot of shots, a lot of offensive rebounds, just couldn't get anything to drop. So, um, yeah, it was a nice – it was it was close. There, It was a very exciting game, just kind of back and forth. And uh, Grace Luthman was able to hold and – um, kind of, kind of come up with what they needed at the end to win, kind of win that. They kind of stole it away. I would say you kind of felt like Showban had most of the momentum, most of the game, and Grace Lutheran just kind of was able to creep in and and get that win at the end. Yeah, and this was an important uh, victory for Grace Lutheran for a couple of reasons, Sean. This was a game that ultimately didn't count towards anything in the conference standings. We've talked about this, this one, a D two Rocky mountain conference and how there's nine teams. And so only the first time everybody played each other was the game that counted towards the conference standings. So ultimately this didn't impact, you know, where grace Lutheran or Showban line up in the final regular season standings. But <clears throat> in terms of confidence, it gives grace Lutheran a ton because Showban actually finished fourth in the regular season standings with a five and three conference record and a 10 and seven overall record, Grace Lutheran conversely with the win now is seven and eight overall, and they finished three and five in league play. So for, for the Royals to knock off a top four team in Showban, I feel like this gives coach Ryan Strello a, a lot of confidence. Um, and again, he's, he's a coach that's working with six players, right? There's only six players on the Grace Lutheran team. And we'll talk about the show band boys in a little bit who also have only six players, but um, this, this to me was a huge win for Grace Lutheran. Yeah. You know, they, the first time they played, they, they, they had trouble with the press. Uh, they mentioned they had something like 43 turnovers, but still managed to only lose the game by seven. So they were able to kind of break the press. Um, they felt comfortable at home and uh, they just, 
they're excited to keep it close. I think that was the key. They, they're afraid that Chauvin might pull away and they're able to keep it close. And, and just to kind of in that strategy and be able to keep it close, they're able to get the win. Yeah, that was huge. So the the final regular season standings, I love this. It it, it all uh, mirrored each other. So Rockland was eight and zero. Mackey was seven and one. Ledor was six and two. Showban was five and three. Water Springs was four and four. Grace Lutheran was three and five. North Gem was two and six. Clark County was one and seven. Taylor's Crossing was 0 and 8. It like lines up perfectly. Everybody <laughs> did what they were supposed to, and there wasn't any messiness uh, in the standings. Um, and so, Sean, believe it or not, postseason girls basketball starts tomorrow night. Did you know this? <laughs> I thought it was all next week, but no, so no. The the simple answer is no. I thought it started next week, but <laughs> uh, well, okay. and, it, and it is in this conference. Because there's so many teams, right? They have to start yeah. a little earlier. So uh, I'll, I'll show you the bracket. We don't have these up on the website yet, but by the time you're listening to this, uh, I'm probably going to post this tomorrow because i got to go to a game as soon as we're done recording this here on Wednesday the 25th. Um, but this, uh, we will have the district brackets page up on our website, idahosports.com. And again, you can follow every district, 5A all the way down to 1AD2, girls and boys basketball. 1AD2 District 5-6 is the first district to get started. I will share the bracket up on my screen. So if you're watching this video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, you can follow along there. If you're listening, IdahoSports.com uh, or wherever you download your podcasts, um, the bracket will be available on the homepage at IdahoSports.com so you can just follow your favorite teams there. But this is the bracket, Sean, and it all starts tomorrow night with the play-in game right up here. It is the nine versus the eight. Taylor's Crossing will be at Clark County in Dubois tomorrow night. Six o'clock tip off. The winner of that, lucky them, <laughs> they, get, they get to play Rockland, the number one overall seed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a tough game. Um, you know, and, and getting to watch Showband though, that I think they're a tough matchup. They can go inside, uh, and they also can shoot well from the three. So I think that that will be a good game there at Showban and Water Springs in that next in that first round matchup. Yeah, so so the uh, the the playing game is tomorrow night. Taylor's Crossing at Clark County. The Bobcats uh, did beat Taylor's Crossing in the regular season, uh, obviously in in the conference game, um, but they also I believe played a second time in uh, non conference action, or maybe they only played once. Let me double check this. Some play, um, yeah, some played once, some didn't. Yes. Okay. So they did play Taylor's Crossing a second time. We're still trying to track down that score. We we have a tough time getting scores sometimes from Clark County. Um, they're, they're so far up there um, and kind of out of the way of everything. Um, but I, I kind of like Clark County to win that game. Uh, Bry Fenske, first-year head coach for the Bobcats. Um, then they would advance to play. The winner of th that game will, will play Rockland. And then these these first-round games are all Saturday night or, or Saturday you know, some will be in the day, some will be at night because of the travel involved. Um, but you'll have Rockland, the one seed, playing either Clark County or Taylor's Crossing. The four and five, Showban will host Water Springs. And then down in the bottom half of the bracket, I think, is where the intrigue lies. You've got the two and seven, Mackey hosting Grace Lutheran, or excuse me, Mackey hosting North Gem. And then the three and the six, Ledor hosting Grace Lutheran. I kind of like chalk here. I like Rockland, Showban, Mackey, Ledor to all win. And of course, the overarching theme is, of course, 
Rockland, Mackey, Ledor, all pretty universally lauded as top five teams in 1A D2 girls basketball. Only two will get to advance to state. Yeah, you know, it's hard to bet against that, right? I think that's, um, you know, just kind of looking at it, I think that's, you know, the best bet for how it'll pan out. But, you know, I you know, I could see Chauvin stealing a game somewhere in there too, but I think Rockland and Mackey are just kind of above everyone else and probably have the best shot to make into state. Yeah, uh, and Rockland and Mackey did play twice this year. Both times Mackey kept it to right around 10 points. So, um, yes, a third matchup between them, I'm all for it. And, and you can't forget, Ledor was the team that got to state last year along with Rockland. And so Coach Janet Pruel and, and the Mustangs, uh, will be ready as well from Ledor. So that's that's how the postseason kicks off, Sean. I, I can't think of a better way for it to start. I mean, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, let's transition now to the um, second game of the doubleheader last night on East Idaho Game Night, idahosports.com. This time it was the Shelban boys taking on the Grace Lutheran boys. And kind of a role reversal here, Sean. Uh, in this one, Showband was the team that had only six players. Grace Lutheran was the team that had a little bit of a deeper bench. But again, very close game. Came down to the wire. Uh, Grace Lutheran ends up winning at 42-39 to 39 the final because of several outstanding plays. But this three in particular it seems like really swung the momentum of the game. Lutheran with the ball, so 32-32, six left to go in the fourth quarter. Not ready on the elbow, over to Ben Hess for three. Hess is good! Hess with three from way downtown. Great answer by Hess. Yeah. So that was that was you and uh, Joel Richardson on the call that game last night, and that really did seem to be a big swinging point in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Grace Lucent had a lead like 1-0 or something at the at the first quarter and and then basically it was Showban, it's the Burnett brothers, um and mostly uh Teelan Burnett is a scoring machine and and Showban pretty much had a lead for most of the game and then the third quarter Ben Hess kind of picked it up and got that got it got the game tied and then that three that was kind of it, like you just said was the turning point and they were able to kind of just hold and and finish out the game but the really the the i mean i would have maybe liked to pick the player of the game just for this but you know that's not always the most popular view the freshman garrett grayson had three offensive rebounds off one and ones that kept the ball in grace lutheran's hands which was really the game um he was able to get offensive boards off those um, one and one shots, and uh, the the big tall freshman was able to kind of keep the ball in Grace Lutheran's hands and and run some time off the clock. But that was a huge. It was huge for him to get those offensive boards, and of course, Chauvin had to foul. And uh, yeah, but yeah, nice job by uh, Garrett Grayson to give the freshman a little love there. But Ben Hess, you know, we talked about him. He's he's kind of the 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 show there in Grace Lutheran, and he was the show last night with twenty one points. And I don't think anything was bigger than that that three-pointer the crowd got hyped um it was a f- packed house it's senior night he's a senior his dad's a coach you know you couldn't you couldn't have scripted it any better yeah we talk about uh grace lutheran has been very young the last couple of years but now it's all these seniors are uh coming along and in their final year and then there's the one freshman right garrett grayson who by the way when you're broadcasting for idahosports.com 
give the player the game to whoever you want. There's no set rules. It's, it's, whatever, well, it's whatever you want to give it to. I know, I know. But it, I, I was looking at the whole game. At the If we had to give it, you know, for the whole game, which I think is the best, you know, best practices, it was definitely Ben Hez. But if you just had, you know, kind of the, you know, most improved or something, I don't know at the end, definitely the freshman. But yeah, Ben Hess though was really uh, – for sure one of the big reasons they were able to pull grace Lutheran was able to pull away and win that game though but i you know i like an offensive rebound i, I you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> well uh friendly reminder idahosports.com player of the game presented by the idaho transportation department and shift idaho they are a great uh, sponsor uh for everything that we do. So uh, big thanks there. So in terms of how did this impact the standings, when you look at the Rocky mountain conference in boys basketball, kind of the same deal. Everybody has kind of played their conference games already. Rockland went a perfect eight. No, they're done. Uh, and, and we've seen them and you can understand yeah, why <laughs> they're good. They're definitely good. Um, Water Springs is seven and one. Uh, six and one let me double check that six um, and one right yes yeah, six and one and i think we need a score from their game against Ledor. uh this is by far the most difficult conference to get all the scores because there's so many <laughs> schools and there's from really small places and they're not always thinking about they're just thinking about can i get six players to, for the game right <laughs> yeah <laughs> let alone reporting the uh the score um but but right now water springs is in second grace lutheran is in third at six and two. Their only losses to Rockland and Water Springs. Mackey and North Gem both tied for fourth and fifth. They both went four and four, and this is an eight-game schedule. So, like we said, the conference standings are pretty much locked in at this point. So North Gem and Mackey both end up with four and four records. In terms of who gets the the edge there. Mackey did beat North Gem 44 to 39. So Mackey, we think, is probably going to be the four, North Gem the yeah. five. Ledor and Shoban, both three and five, uh, tied for sixth and seventh, of, uh, essentially. Um, when you look at the head to head conference game between Ledor and Shoban, Ledor won that game by three, Sean, 60 to 57, all the way back in the season opener on November 29th. So it looks like Shoban's going to slot into that number seven spot. And then uh, Taylor's Crossing one and seven, Clark County, zero and eight, kind of bringing up the rear there. So they're so Clark County and Taylor's Crossing will play in that play-in game essentially, and this will be in a couple of weeks. But then you'll have Rockland against the winner of that game. Uh, the four-five is going to be Mackey North Gem. I guess it ultimately doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. <laughs> the the two-seven Water Springs and Showban. And then Grace Lutheran and Ledor in that three six, and it's kind of the same thing here, Sean, where you've got kind of a big three up top, right? Rockland, Water Springs, Grace Lutheran. Can the Royals find a way to break through and and get that second spot? I think they're going to have to beat Water Springs to do it, and we've talked about this before on the Prepcast. They played way back on the season opener, just like Showban and Ledor did. On November 29th, Water Springs won by one point that day, 28-27. Uh, so. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny you bring that up because I was talking to head coach uh, Jeremy Hess about that, and he, you know, and he's, you know, that was kind of the the bad break of playing that the first game of the year against, you know, ultimately maybe the biggest opponent you're going to have all year. But 
you know, Grace Lutheran's playing really good. And and like I just said, when you get, you know, in, uh, Garrett Grayson didn't play the play that much because they played a lot of seniors on senior night and and Garrett Grayson gets a few more minutes. You know, Grace Lutheran's dangerous and they've got shooters. Matt Moretti also, he had a big game. He had 13 points um, and hit, hit some threes. And so they've got some shooters and Samuelson, Matt Samuelson, he can hit threes. He, he didn't score a ton last night but you've got three guys that can all hit perimeter shots and if you can get grayson going inside i think they're a dangerous team and uh you know they're you know they wanted to win last night just to get that momentum is what coach has talked about and he felt like now you know you've got a home game for districts and and they feel good um moving forward there and you know i i you know i like their chances i you know your your team at the start of the year to now it's um, extremely different right so that you know if it ends up being uh Grace Lutheran and Water Springs later on in that tournament. I think that's a great game right there. And they're so similar, right? Grace Lutheran has Ben Hess, who, uh, you know, does does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of scoring. Uh, Daniel Canfield for Water Springs averages 20.4 points per game. He's uh, probably one of the candidates for player of the year in the Rocky Mountain Conference. Both those guys are, really. And then, and then you know, you talk about Teague Matthews from Rockland. Um, those are kind of the big three contenders for player of the year in my mind. Um, and then you've got complimentary players at water Springs, like drew Plocker and, uh, Aldinger inside Jackson Aldinger. So, um, it is, it's, it's going to be interesting if these two end up meeting again, one last note on this conference, and then we'll move on Rockland's boys. Um, obviously the defending one, a D one, D two champs, and they're kind of, you know, they obviously want to win districts, but they, they're also setting their sights on bigger state goals. And to that end, they are going to be welcoming in over the final three weeks of the regular season, Sean, uh, two, two of the top five teams in 1AD2. They'll, they'll host Ridgefield, which has only lost once this year, and they'll host Camas County, the team that, that beat Ridgefield. They, they both have actually split with each other. They both are from District 4. Only one of those teams will get to go to state. But here's Rockland saying basically, all right, we want to play. I mean, they played Camas County for the championship last year and, and won in a very tight game uh, that wasn't decided until the final 30 seconds. So here's Rockland saying, okay, we want to get back. We need to play the best in 1AD2. I really like it. Yeah, and, you know, Coach Shave Rockland, he talked about that when we watched them play Grace Lutheran uh, broadcast that game. And he, he that was the first thing he said to me, you know, we've got this game, we've got – some games, but he had that uh, Richfield game circled, you know, on the schedule is like we, you know, everyone's saying we're good, but we're not good until we go and beat some of these teams is what he was saying. So I, that's a great scheduling job on their part. I mean, for both schools, really, you know, to, to find out where you're at right before that district tournament. And yeah, uh, Rockland's good. <laughs> so I, I like their chances um, moving forward, probably to win the conference and, and, and go deep into the tournament at state. Yeah, it'll be uh, really fun to see how that all shakes out in the Rocky Mountain Conference in boys basketball. All right, let's swing up to the 5A, 4A rank, Sean. Last week, uh, we recorded the podcast uh, on, on Thursday the 19th, and we were talking about, oh, yeah, Madison's playing Hillcrest. And, and, uh, There's a lot of games basketball. tonight. <laughs> uh, yes, um, there, were, there was a lot of good games. And, and Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were actually kind of talking about Madison a little bit, right? And talking about how they could give Hillcrest a test. Hey, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've said it. I, th I feel like Hillcrest um, had the tools, you know, the tool bag full of tools that could give Hillcrest a, 
a little bit of a, a run for their money and and sure enough they did um you know uh it was it thursday night thursday night they played and they kind of took took hillcrest uh to the woodshed it wasn't close you know they beat him pretty good which i would that's not what i would expect i would expect a close game and you know kind of see what would happen but hill or madison you know took it to him and I, I was pretty surprised to be honest with you and that was that was a nice job and 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 it'll be and, and uh, which i think is in the game i kind of think it's really big tonight is uh pocatello versus madison the thunder take on madison tonight i think that will be a an interesting matchup to see and kind of give a barometer for some of those 4A teams as well. Yes, that's going to be because obviously Pocatello and Hillcrest are kind of the two titans of 4A basketball. They met in the championship last year. They don't play each other in the regular season. So we're trying to examine common opponents and how do we, but even common opponents, there aren't a ton. So yes, Madison, this will be kind of a big measuring stick um, for, for Pocatello, Hillcrest and, and Madison, to be honest. Yeah. Madison, wins that game i mean this sent shockwaves through east idaho because everyone just assumes hillcrest is going to roll everybody um and go undefeated because they are very talented but you're right the final margin 81 to 67 madison wins by double digits which is um surprising not because we don't think madison's good we don't we know madison's a good boys basketball team but because hillcrest is good and they don't usually get run like that yeah, Hill Kirkus averages like 70 points a game. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, Hillcrest scores 67, but then loses by 81 is just unreal to think of. And I I will say you don't want to be the team that plays after Hillcrest lose <laughs> loses, right? Because that's the other game I did. Um, Hillcrest versus Shelley. And we talked about that on air. Uh, you know, you, I don't know if you want to be the team to uh face Hillcrest after um they lose, but you know, that, that was also a pretty good game too. You know, she- Shelly had a good game plan and kept it pretty close, but in the third quarter, uh, Hillcrest was able to pull away. Yeah. So, so Hillcrest, one last note on this Madison Hillcrest game, Madison, very good. Uh, Barrett Wilson is kind of the guy that, that drives the, the engine uh, for, for Madison, but you know, they've got Chase Crane, Levi Bronson, Nash Humphreys. They've got a lot of good players. Um, I think there was a little personal motivation as well. The first time they played Hillcrest, they lost by four, 62 to 58. Um, but there's also then the subplot of uh, Ike Sutton was a really good freshman last year for Madison. And he since has transferred to Hillcrest. So I think there was, there's probably some personal things uh, in that matchup as well. Madison, I think was very motivated to prove to Ike Sutton that, Hey, um, you know, maybe you yeah. should have stayed here instead of, but I don't know. Yeah, And, and Wilson from Madison had 39 points and 15 rebounds that game too. So yeah. he, he had a monster of a game for Madison. Just, just, just to have any player score almost 40 points against Hillcrest is almost, it's just really hard to fathom. So to be able to go in and get 39 points against that team is an effort in itself. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned, Sean, uh, you had the broadcast uh, Saturday night as Hillcrest uh, took on Shelley on East Idaho game night, idahosports.com. Hillcrest wins 68 to 39. It seemed to me that Shelley hung tough for a half and then kind of the dam burst a little bit. Yeah. Ex- well, half. I mean, it happened in a burst is a good, uh, a good metaphor for it. In the third quarter, Hillcrest is only up um, by eight. And I say only up by eight. Right. right. I mean, that's right. You're Shelly, you've you've played them pretty close. Um, and then you know, just 
a little bit into the third quarter, uh, Kobe Kessler, which he is an amazing player. Uh, he, he is a fun player to watch. And he hits a three. Um, there's a little tussle underneath the basket uh, between uh, Isaac Davis and Nate Nelson. They call the foul on Nate Nelson of Shelley. Um, so Hillcrest gets another possession. The flip to the other corner of the of, of the court, Kobe Kessler hits another three. And um, the foul that had happened before this play, the Shelley bench was steaming. The assistant coach gets a technical. So Ike Sutton goes to the line, hits two, three throws. And so in a matter of seconds, that lead went from eight to 16. And, and that was the game that, you know, you just, they couldn't really match that, that eight, that eight point swing was the game. And, but for the most part, Shelly had actually, I thought played with Hillcrest pretty well and was keeping it relatively close going inside to Nate Nelson. He was having a really good game, but uh, that eight point swing was that game. And yeah, after that, it was all, it was all Kobe Kessler. <laughs> he, he was, he had a, he goes inside, he goes out. You've got uh, Taylor Talon too, um, and they've just got a lot of complimentary players. I think someone said they shoot uh, like sixty percent from the three point line as a team or something. So, um, yeah. or or close to that margin. So they're just, you know, if they're not going inside, they're they're you know they they spread the court real well and they can go inside and then you know everyone um, can shoot a three. I think they pulled someone from the crowd. They made a three two. I don't know, but. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're they once and once they get once they get rolling, their transition offense is one of the best I've seen so far in the state. Yeah, so we talk about big matchups coming up and games that we can talk about next week. We mentioned Madison Pocatello um, tonight. Sean Hillcrest travels to Preston, and and I know that they beat Preston pretty good earlier this year, eighty four to fifty eight. But going to Preston and winning in Preston. Is, is, is a different ball of wax because that is one of the unique home court advantages in East Idaho, along with places like Pocatello and Madison. Um, but, but man, going down to Preston and winning there is uh, if you can do that, you know, that's that's usually a pretty good sign. Yeah, you know, Preston, well, you know, I think that one of the only teams that has a like a successful record in Preston is Hillcrest. I think every, everyone else has a very bad record. And Hillcrest is one team that had won their, you know, I can't remember what the statistic was. But anyways, they've had a pretty good record. But going down to, to a very well Ty Jones coach team in Preston any day of the week is difficult. And I, I got to tell you, Preston is a team I don't think that's getting enough credit. You've got, you know, Pocatello who's he hasn't lost the game. But Preston is a team that I think is – kind of on the back burners and it'll be real interesting to see what happens tonight because they they're a really good team you know they almost beat the thunder at the pit in pocatello which is again an, another one of those awesome places hard to go in and win and um yeah i, I you know i wouldn't count pressing out they're going to be well coached uh I, you know they're going to come in with probably a little different game plan and you, you know you can't sleep on that a ty jones coach team you know they've got 10 guys that are six, three and can all shoot and run the floor usually uh, out of Franklin County. And uh, uh, I'll be a good one. And um, you know, and it'll be, you know, it'll be good for Preston, you know, and, and just, you know, Pocatello century and Preston in that three team conference. And, you know, if Preston <laughs> wins tonight, you know, uh, you know, we might not hear, a, we might hear a little bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 so funny with with this Preston team because the last names are all 
last names we recognize because they had older brothers or cousins come through the program. And it's like you plug in the same last names and they're doing the same things. You've got Drew Jones, who's the coach's son, right? Obviously. And he's a fantastic shooter and ball handler. Um, you've got Cam Hobbs, who's another great shooting guard out front. But then you've got like Titan Nap. That's Brecker Naps, you know, younger relative. It's 6'4 underneath. You've got Tate Hess in the middle. It's 6'7. We all remember uh, Brayden <laughs> Hess, of course, from not too long ago. Um, you've got Cruz Harris. Uh, Cole Harris was his older brother. So, I mean, it's it's fun to see this next generation of Preston guys coming through. Um, and yeah, and, and, and you, speaking of Hess, Hess has been having a really good yeah. – last few games he's been putting up some big time numbers down low so that's a that's a matchup right you got davis and hess down low and you, you know drew jones and ike sutton on the front court of you know preston and hillcrest you just got you've got a lot of you know they always talk about the matchup tonight well you've got four or five matchups tonight that will be very intriguing defensive and offensively to watch yeah it's going to be such a great game and we'll we'll break it down in detail on next week's uh, episode of the podcast um okay one last game i wanted to touch on from last night before we get out of here sean it was uh 3a teton playing 2a ryrie this was a game that came down to the very end uh teton down too late jack nelson hits a three with about seven seconds to go and teton wins 66 to 65 teton is 14 and 2 Ryrie is 14 and three Ryrie's only losses this year have come to Teton twice and West Jefferson, who we talked about last week is a really good team. So both these teams are playing really good basketball. Yeah. And, uh, and especially, you know, Teton, I think is really just kind of kind of turned it up a little bit. And that's a, that's a good win for, for Teton and Ryrie was a preseason favorite, right? And they're, They've yes. kind of they've kind of hit some snags in the road, but you know having those games, those tough games early on, are just so beneficial, and you're going to learn uh, what your team's capable of. And you know I've I've really liked this year. I think we've seen this a lot this year is the bounce back, right? How do these teams bounce back? Last week we talked about West Jefferson and how they've bounced back and beat other teams, and um, you know you know I, I like that, and and definitely in the two A and the three A's, these teams come back and play the second time and it, it can be a different story. And so I like seeing the bounce back of, of, of these teams and the, the resilience. Yeah. We talk about teams making adjustments. Look at Ryrie. Uh, the first time they played Teton, they lost 66 to 55 last night. They lose 66 to 65. So they made a 10 point improvement from early December to now late January. So uh, Coach Kern doing a great job with with Ryrie, and and Ryrie now enters the back half of their conference slate. They've got a non conference game with Westside this week, and then um and then they'll play everybody. They'll play the hits again: Salmon, North Fremont, Firth, West Jefferson. This nuclear conference is far from decided. So any any of these teams, uh, Ryrie, Firth, West J, even North Fremont, I think could still take control of this league. Watching all these guys beat up on each other. Uh, it's going to be really fun here over the back half of the season. Um, Teton, man, they've just got the size. I mean, look at this starting lineup. You've got Thomas Husevelt, five foot 11. Jerem Husevelt, six foot one. Brody Hess, six foot three. Tyson Brown, six foot five. And then Davis Wood at six foot eight. 
four of the five starters are six feet or taller. That's that's a big team yeah. <laughs> for for any division, right? Any team. Yeah. And how about the name Hess? There's like a Hess everywhere in, in East Idaho. Have you noticed this? I've I've heard Hess. There's a lot of Hesses. I mean, it's it's kind of we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get the family trees out and see what's going on there. But yeah, that's a that's a huge huge um, lineup for for that division, right? I mean, a three A conference. I you know I see a lot of. 4a teams and stuff that don't have that size um on a starting lineup so that that can make a difference right rebounding and offensive rebounding and that that is a huge uh benefit to your team and then they bring in more height off the bench caden hastings is six foot two max thomas is six foot three i haven't even mentioned the hero of last night yet and that's Jack Nelson. He he leads the bench crew. You know, he was the starting quarterback for the football team this fall. And he is such a key contributor off the bench uh, for this Teton basketball team. And like we said, he was the hero last night with the game winning three. So, uh, yes, this is a Teton team that is very talented. And to me, boys basketball three. We've talked a lot about two a boys basketball and how there's a lot of parody and a lot of teams can, can get to state and, and do well. Um, but but there's still the big giant at the top in Melba, the defending champs, and they're undefeated. And yeah. 3A, you don't have that. You know, Kimberly is the defending 3A champions, and they're good. Um, are they going to get back to state? Probably. You know, it's not not totally determined. Filer is also very good from that district. But I look and I don't I don't see a team that I can put my finger and say, yep, this is the team that's going to win state. You've got Snake River, Teton, Sugar, Marsh Valley, Bonners Ferry up north. Uh, Homedale, Fruitland, Kimberly. I yeah. mean, this three A is wide open to me. And th- and th- I was going to say that Teton and and Sugar haven't even played yet, right? So <laughs> no. I mean, that's going to be uh, that's coming up uh, on February first. So that's still a ways away. And that's to me, that's a big game just uh, for not only for that conference but for three A. I'm really interested to see what happens there. Yeah, it's uh, we've talked about it. Those four teams. Only uh, two are guaranteed to go to state, maybe three, but you got to win two different play-in games to get there for that third spot. So I don't know, man. Things are heating up, that's for sure. Uh, next week, Sean, on the PrepCast, we'll recap You know some of these big boys basketball matchups we've been talking about, but we're also going to uh, dive into the brackets. District tournament play for girls basketball is upon us, and we'll go through the brackets, and we'll update you on where everything stands and then make our predictions and yeah, it's it's time to bust out the brackets again next week. Sound bracket Baney. Yeah, That's bracket right. Baney. <laughs> I love brackets. Time of year. <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get Ty Shippen because he's the bracket maker. I mean, I, I don't know how well it could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, it sounds great, man. It's it sounds fantastic. So uh thanks for tuning in, everybody at the East Idaho Prepcast. Enjoy the competitions this weekend, and we'll see you next time on Idahosports.com.